As some of you may know or may not know, probably be stuck in the traffic jams because of it, it was the Chester Marathon this morning. Um, and Carol, give us a wave, Carol. My brother Colin, this is my twin, by the way. He's not, he's not going to wave for us. He got all the good looks, as you can see. You are a f- good-looking man, by the way. Yeah. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and myself, we, we, we somehow managed to get around 26.2 miles. I'd love to say that it was a real joy from start to finish, but I would be lying. <laughs> but we got round there, nonetheless. You know what? There are a number of places in the Bible that compares running a race to the Christian life. And it seems somewhat appropriate, since it is Marathon Sunday, that we have a little look at perhaps some of those verses, some of those passages, um, and what it means to run the race for Jesus. Is that okay? That's where we are. Now, perhaps one of the first things that you need to do if you want to run the marathon is to make it to the start line. Yeah? Pretty obvious, I guess. Yeah? The truth is, many people never make it there. In fact, they have got no desire to make it there. In fact, they're even wondering, why on earth would you want to do such a crazy, stupid thing? But if you want to run a marathon, if you want to run that long way, you need to make it to the start line, and you need to become a runner. So it means registering with the people who are organizing it. You get your race number. Mine was 2200. And you pin it to the front of your shirt and you make sure you're at the start, at, at, the, at the start of the race, at the, on the right day, preferably, at the right time, before the gun goes off. And then you begin to run. In the Christian race, it's actually a little bit like that as well, because you have to make it to the start line. Now, actually, Jesus tells us that actually running the Christian race is a little bit different because it doesn't begin with us. It begins with God. John chapter 6 and verse 44 says, No one can come to me. This is Jesus speaking. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And God calls us to run the race of faith. But actually, very quickly, I think we discover that we're not in great condition for running. In fact, we discover we've got a a few major problems in our lives. And the Bible calls those problems sin. Now, sin is rebellion against God. It's going our own way. It's our selfishness. It's our pride. The truth is, It is impossible for us to please God by our own efforts. Even you try your very hardest and do your very best, those attempts are empty and futile. But you know, there is some great news in the Bible, in God's Word. It's called the Gospel. You see, God has made a way. 
When there was no way, God has made a way. In fact, God sent a gift, the most amazing, the most incredible gift of all. He sent his son, Jesus, and Jesus died on the cross. In fact, Jesus took the penalty for sin. He took the ultimate punishment, death, for you and for me. And Jesus is the only way to God. There is no other. He is the way in which we can begin to run the race of faith. Romans 5 verse 8. But God demonstrates his love to us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And getting to the start line of the Christian race is actually as simple as A, B, C. A, we need to admit, first of all, we've got a problem. We need to admit that we are sinners, and then we need to repent of those sins. That's a Bible word that means to turn from our sin and turn to God. It means to say sorry for our sin and to start following him. But secondly, we need to B, believe. Believe that Jesus is who he says he is, that he is the Son of God, that he died on the cross, that he rose again, and that we can come to him for life, real life, eternal life, and then see, we need to come to him by faith. Jesus, in John 14, says, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one, no one comes to the Father except through me. And we can come by praying just a simple prayer of faith. Just a simple prayer of faith. And as we pray that prayer, God gives us his power, the Holy Spirit, to help us to begin to run towards Jesus. And as you begin to run, you need to remember that salvation is because of grace. In fact, running the whole race is because of God's grace. You don't deserve it. You don't deserve God's mercy. In fact, nothing you've ever done, nothing you will ever do is ever, is ever going to make you a better person. But the great news is that Jesus is the one who died for you, who opened up the way back to God. And listen to me, this is a free gift. You simply need to receive it. And perhaps there are people here this afternoon and you have never made that step of putting your hope and your trust in Jesus. And perhaps this is the right time for you to give your life over to him to become a Christian, to begin to run towards Jesus. So I'm just going to pray a very simple prayer before I move on. You want to just bow your heads for a moment. And if you'd like to join with me, I'll just leave a little gap after each sentence. Just pray it in your head. Just a prayer of commitment to follow Jesus for yourself. So Lord Jesus, I admit that I am a sinner. And Lord Jesus, I want to turn from that sin and I want to follow you. I believe that you are who you say you are. I believe that you died for me 
that you rose again. And now, I want to come to you. In fact, I want to invite you to come into my life, into my heart. I want you to be my boss, to be Lord of my life. Amen. And if you've prayed that prayer, maybe for the first time, or perhaps you just want to recommit things back to Jesus again, you are beginning to run towards him. You're starting to become a Christian. You've become a Christian, and you're starting to run towards Jesus Christ. But the Bible tells us one, or, one more thing that we need to do, we ought to do, and that is very simply this, is to tell someone about it. Maybe you've come with a Christian friend or perhaps come and talk to me afterwards. Romans chapter 10 says, For if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. But now once we have actually made that first step, now we've got to the start line, we need to make one other, or at least another very important decision. What on earth are we going to wear? Critical, isn't it? Absolutely critical. So me and Colin were talking last night. We were discussing just the, what we're going to be wearing today, what color of, of shirt we should wear. To, and, and I don't know why we were talking about that, to be fair, but it, it seemed like a good idea at the time. Um, and uh, so we were just going through it. And so I got up this morning, and it felt a little bit cold this morning. So I could have thought, you know what? I need to just dress for, just, a, just make sure I'm, I'm covering all my options. So perhaps I just get my coat out and just thinking, you know what? Just take my coat on and... Uh, and then the other, the other problem is 26 miles is a very, very long way. So what happens if I fancy a change of clothes during the run? So I thought, maybe, what if I just brought maybe a couple of bags with me? You know, I could just, a few bags and, you know, I'm, I'm good to go. <coughs> Truth is, nobody on the start line looked anything like this, to be fair. In fact, if you'd seen any of the run today, you'd realize that the majority of people were wearing a t-shirt, a pair of shorts, a good pair of socks, and a good pair of shoes. And they were just ready to go for it. They're ready to run. The thing is, if you want to run efficiently, if you want to run strongly, what do you need to lose? What do you think? Keep this one? No? This one? No. Coat, got to come off, hasn't it? Oops, sorry, did I kill a cat? No, sorry, I didn't, that's good. <laughs> I thought we'd lost a child there. It's, it's okay, it's okay. Um, <laughs> you, you, you don't want to be wearing anything that's going to hinder you or slow you down in any shape or form whatsoever, so you don't. In fact, Mo Farah, the 10,000 metre champion, you never see him running in a rhino outfit. Have you? Of course you haven't. He wants to run as fast and as efficiently as possible. You want to wear something as light and just as comfortable as you possibly can. Listen, it's not surprising that the Bible actually agrees with that. In fact, the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 12, it says, starts off with this, is, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses... Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance 
the race that is marked out for us. You see, to run the Christian life means letting go of everything, of everything that's going to hinder you or stop you or slow you up in any way. The truth is, there are just too many Christians who want to hold on to things. They've got bags in their hands and they've got stuff on their shoulders and they're just weighed down and they're trying to run and, and maybe they're holding on to a sin or to just some rejection or some shame or fear from the past and then they wonder why on earth they cannot run effectively for Jesus. And some of you maybe need to get rid of some baggage. See, when Jesus died on the cross, his blood covered all of your sin. It covered all of your shame. It covered all of the guilt. It covered it all. His sacrifice was enough once and for all to cover all of your past, your present, and your future. Is that not good news? Of course it is. Listen, you are accepted and loved and forgiven by God. And as you, if you have come to Jesus, you are not viewed any longer as a sinner, but as a saint. Righteous and holy in the eyes of God because of Jesus. So anything that hinders you, anything that slows you up, anything that's likely to trip you up, you've got to let it go. Just let it go. Let, I'm going to sing now. Let it go. No, not go there. <laughs> but you know what I mean? You need to run freely. Run freely. You know, in many ways... Running's pretty easy. In fact, you just look at some of the younger children around. As soon as they begin to walk, within a week or two, they're running. And they run effortlessly. They don't even think about it. They just keep going and, and running and just chasing around. No one's taught them to run. They just run. But if you run long enough and far enough and hard enough, eventually you will run out of energy. In fact, it's what marathon runners refer to as hitting the wall. Have you heard that phrase? Yeah, we hit the wall. It's, it's, it actually, the name is very apt because it feels as if you've run smack into the wall. The very first marathon I ever ran, I was going so well. In fact, it's, it's the fastest I've ever ran over about 20 miles in my life. And I was just, I, was, I thought this is, I'm just doing really well. I thought things are going brilliantly here until about 20, 21 miles. And then I felt I'd been hit by a steamroller. And then been forced to pull that steamroller behind me for the rest of the run. I literally just stopped in my tracks. I thought, I'm, I'm not going to finish this. I just had nothing, nothing left. I felt dizzy and nauseous, and, 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 and even, I was even beginning to hallucinate. I, 
somehow I managed to pull myself together and just began to, to walk a little bit and eventually just kept going. Those have been the slowest five miles of my life. But I did finish. And I learned some valuable lessons in the process. Don't start too fast. Drink plenty of water and eat something. The reason why you hit the wall, in fact, there's no need to hit the wall because what happens, your, your body can store enough glucose for about 18 to 20 plus miles, but eventually, if you don't eat anything, you will eventually just run out of energy. But if you eat something, if you take some energy gels... I'm sure I've got some samples floating around here. Energy gels. Delicious. Not really. Some energy drink. Excellent stuff. And of course some water. Absolutely essential. If you want to run well, if you want to run efficiently... And you know, the same thing applies to us in the the Christian life. Because actually the Bible often refers to water as a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And we need to drink in the Holy Spirit. A little sip, it's not enough. You need to keep drinking and keep drinking in. In fact, if you were looking at the end of the race today, many people were were drinking their water and then just pouring it over their head. In fact, that's a really good example of how we should be in terms of receiving the Holy Spirit. He should be in us and over us and all three of us. Listen, we need to just, the Bible says to be filled, not once, but to keep on being filled because he, he is the source of our power. He is the one who will, is our encouragement, who is our comfort, our enabler. Be filled. Keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. But also, also we need to feed on God's word. We need to feed on God's word. Listen, listen God's God's word is literally food and nourishment for our souls. Without it, we just get weaker and weaker. Ten miles a day, I ate a Mars bar. I had another one at 20 miles. Listen, chocolate never tasted so good when you're feeling a bit tired. But the drink I had afterwards, it was equally as delicious. And then during the run, I had some of this stuff. Now, this stuff isn't so pleasant. But listen to me. When we spend time in God's Word, sometimes it's just like eating a Mars bar. It is a delight. It's just wonderful to spend time there. But sometimes it's like eating these energy gels. Not quite so easy. In fact, sometimes we don't really want to take it. But both Mars Bar and Energy Dell do us so much good. And whether you are just coming to God's word in joy and excitement, or whether you're thinking, ah, I just don't really fancy today, listen, get in there, feed on it. You need it. 
It strengthens you. It builds you up. And listen, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit to spend time in God's Word because without it, you are going to very simply become weak and more likely to fall. The last thought is this. Finish well. Finish well. You know, at the beginning of a marathon, the first five or ten miles... If you've done a little bit of training, you feel, you feel good. The legs feel strong. The breathing is comfortable. It, it's, it's pretty effortless, to be honest. You, you feel really good. But actually, eventually, those miles will take their toll on your body. Your legs begin to stiffen up. Your breathing is just not quite as controlled. It's just not so easy. It becomes a lot more uncomfortable. But the key thing is to make sure that you finish strong, that you finish well. Over these last few miles, there's only one thing in your mind, and that is the finish line. As I crossed the finish line today, the prize that awaited me was a nice shirt, which I'm modeling for you. You think? I thought it was quite nice this year, to be fair. Also got a medal. Just about goes on. And then, to make it even better, a little goodie bag. Do you you know what's in a marathon's goodie bag? Do you want to find out? Not very exciting, that one. Bar of something. Some more stuff. Porridge. I don't know why. Porridge. Don't quite know what it is, to be honest. I think sweatband, maybe. Sweatband, yeah. Best for last. Sweeties. Every marathon runner needs a bag of sweets when they finish. But you know what? The thing that I looked forward to, the greatest prize of all, was rest. Knowing that I had run well, knowing that I had finished well, knowing that I was going to get a shower very, very soon. That was the most important thing. And the same thing applies in the Christian life. Guys, we need to finish well. We need to finish well. Paul writes, he says, I have fought the good fight I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And I guess if I want to give you one piece of advice here this afternoon, whether you are a new Christian or whether you've been on the road for a little bit longer, is very simply that you finish well. The question is how? We're back in Romans chapter 12 again. We read the first verse. It said, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. That's the first thing. It goes on to say, And let us run with perseverance the race that's marked out for us. That's the second thing. And the third thing, 
Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before us endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary or lose heart. How do you finish well? You keep your eyes on Jesus. You keep looking at him. You look at the cross where mercy and grace flowed in such abundance. You look at the empty tomb where where Jesus claimed victory over sin and death. But you look at him now in glory where he sits at the right hand of God the Father. Where he actually intercedes. He's praying for you guys right now. You look at him in all his glory, in all his splendor. Keep your eyes fixed on him. Keep looking to the finish line. Look to the goal that lies ahead of you. See, Jesus is your hope. The Holy Spirit, your joy, and God is your peace. I guess in all of this, we need to remember that you don't do this alone. Your heavenly Father, Jesus, as well as with you every single step of the way. She's got a little video clip from the Barcelona Olympics, which hopefully will come up in a second. And uh, quality is not as good as I'd like it to be, but uh, hopefully you'll get the, get the message. Have a little look. Guys, we, 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 don't, we don't run alone. God is with us. And there are certain things we will face that feel we're facing them alone. But he truly never leaves us. He never forsakes us. But also, guys, we run together as well. As a family, as a church, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we're there for one another, encouraging one another, building one another up. Let's stand together.